what do you get when Italian producers try to out De Laurentiis and ape Kaiju Phil? You get a whole lot of monkey business. This is Kaiju versus History, Yeti, giant of the 20th century. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your professor who looks like he teaches at Hogwarts, Patrick. And joining me is the, the mute grandson, owner of Lassie, Miles. Hi, Patrick. Lassie's in this movie as well. You must love it, Miles. It's, oh, it, it's such a treat. It is a treat that we've been given this week. A, a present on a platter of, <laughs> you know, there, there are movies that we love to hate, movies that we hate to love. But we we do. And then there are films like this. It's just a mix of everything in between. And at the very <laughs> least is going to make for a good discussion here on the podcast. I told you this week I was more excited to talk about this film. I know you some, were. You did. Some Godzilla <laughs> film for <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're, of course, talking about Yeti. Giant of Yeti. <laughs> yeah, the Yeti. As we say in Italy, Yeti. It's pronounced the Yeti or Yuti. Yeah, this this is a rough movie for me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, before we before we talk about any of this and the the weirdness that is this movie, Patrick, tell us what's in a title. Oh, the title is Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century. And indeed, it just came out as a Yeti here in the, the U.S. In Japan, where it was also released, Yukio Yeti. So it's it's Yeti everywhere, right? That's <laughs> about the subtitle changes a lot over all over the world. West Germany called it Iceman, <laughs> giant of the 20th century. I mean, which, the, the most close as anyone say, gets is no pretty, Frankenstein to be seen at all. Well, it's closer to like an Iceman or a Cro-Magnum man because they talk about the Yeti being a like we're descendants of the Yeti. <laughs> like at some point. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely talk about the Yeti being has some sort of missing link, but also giant size, <laughs> which uh, is weird because in, in contemporary, you know, cryptozoology, the Yeti is synonymous with the Bigfoot or the Sasquatch. Well, you know, what's so or, funny is, and they, they, and they say that in this movie, but it's also yeah. like, but, but why but, isn't this movie called Sasquatch? Miles? But also why is the Yeti like, Godzilla sized. <laughs> well, they find him in Canada and they say, oh, you know, it's also called the Sasquatch in, in Canada. It's like, okay, well, why are you calling it a Yeti? <laughs> oh, because first, this is an Italian production and not a Canadian production. I guess. One. <laughs> well, it, it makes at first you think it is going to be a white haired creature as they, they're thawing it out of the ice, but it's like frost and all the. The, the hairs are white because there's frost all over them. But when, once he's defrosted, he's fully round furred the Yeti. <laughs> the Yeti. Yeah, no, I mean, and this would be the last movie I think this director did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there wasn't much after <laughs> that. for As it as it should be. Yeah, the, the creature design is, I think, I think. The the saving grace and the dying grace of this movie, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yes. If, so if you have a group of friends and any sort of substance, whether it be alcohol or 
something else that you are watching with a group i can see this movie being very entertaining (laughs) well this is is the 1970s in a nutshell you know i was just listening to our ape episode and we said the exact same thing it's like this movie is trash but if you were watching it with a group you had a riff tracks of it or something i said i said that movie was more trash and (laughs) i stick by that and this movie is so here's the thing is as an Italian film, the dubbing is rough, but passable enough. It's better than any other fan dubbing we've heard before. And so Italian films tend to have an, an original language track and a Italian track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only know this from from horror films. And so sometimes the international version is, you know, a combination of the two. And this one's pretty solid. Well, I mean, since the days of spaghetti westerns, they have often employed actors from all over Europe. They they brought in people like Clint Eastwood to to perform, and their performances were always in their native language. And they just, you know, it was a very international kind of idea. They just dubbed over the other languages for those parts of the world to release. So if you know, a fistful of dollars or whatever gets released in the US, you'd actually be hearing Clint Eastwood's English voice. So he would he would record his own lines. And then they had other actors that would dub over the Italian speaking or Spanish speaking actors in, right. in those films. I think most everyone in this film is Italian, if 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 memory serves. I think even for Tony, the most part, and Tony I think they recorded Kendall. both of their they I think they recorded both of both language versions. Anatella in her leggy. I, I only know her yes. from uh, Lucia Fulci's See the Living Dead as a horror fan. Like I, I, I wanna, as soon as I saw her, I was like, I know that person. Like yeah. that, that's that's one thing about some Italian uh, actors is like they have a specific look, and she absolutely does. She is kind of the standout of this movie. For better or for worse, because yeah, she she's billed as Phoenix Grant. Many of the Italian actors and actresses would take a, if not a more international name, a, a just downright English sounding name. Cliff, well, they would also take like, you know, a pseudonym. Yeah, T- Tony Kendall in this film was born Luciano Stella. He was also Italian. Um, but but before we get too much into the cast, a quick recap for this film, Miles. Do you have? Yeah. I mean, outside um, of just you know, is very have much you the seen Kongs, King Kong, the King Kong story. Well, yeah, it, 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 not it's only the, that, it's it's like the nineteen seventy six Kong as well. Yeah, no, hundred like percent. It's, it's a ve- it's a very like kind of like <sighs> county fair Kong, I guess. Well, we have so many similar plot points and straight up lines like they they talk about how the the honeycut yeah the honeycut corporation is going to use the ape at for its advertising and they 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 ape the the phrase you know put a tiger in your tank you know you know get the power of the yeti in your engine or something along those lines and which that aspect um, works i mean we're we're talking about the gas crisis of the 70s it makes zero sense because they start no, selling based on this giant ape before it even arrives in Toronto. Like just the news that they uncovered it. But is it like... makes it makes so much sense. Like in a capitalistic nature, it's like oh, oh yeah. we we have this thing coming. 
like get the power of the Yeti in your tank. There's yeah, gas the, prices, the, but the grocery go. stores start selling more food that have the. And I don't know if you noticed this. The I think the um, advertising that they used in the film was an actual picture of the the full life size Yeti that they built oh. for for the movie, which is why it looks so weird. <laughs> you know, it doesn't I mean, look the, like that's the, actual the thing Yeti. is like everything about this movie, like in theory, I guess kind of works as a Kong ripoff, but instead but... of climbing up a building, he scales down a building miles. It's very different. <laughs> I look Patrick, We've we've talked about this movie before we started recording. I know you had a lot of fun with this movie. Oh my gosh, so much! I was like every ten minutes something happens that I I literally sat up in my chair and I'm like, what, <laughs> Patrick? What is this? First of all, tell me what time of day was it, and what it was, was your what was, was your middle cognitive state? <laughs> I was loopy. It was the middle of the night. Okay, okay. Uh, because the... I was I was watching this movie with my morning coffee, and <laughs> I had a very different experience. So, boy, how I can a hundred percent. And the, this is what I want. I, I want to like talk about because I know our personal experiences are going to be very different with this movie. I, I do feel like if you have a specific experience watching this movie, you are going to have a better time personally <laughs> than you would otherwise. Oh, oh this, but this I, is... I do. I do think that like as a, as someone who watched this in the cold light of morning, stone sober, <laughs> this movie is a rough watch. Oh my gosh. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Well, as we let's go talk here. about the Yeti themselves because mm-hmm. I mean every scene is essentially filmed off book with the actors. Y- yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, I don't, no one's reading their script <laughs> right off I the mean, page. You know what I mean? That, stop, stop, stop. For the most part, the the actors in the film, from what I can tell, do do a good job. But we're, if we're talking about the Yeti, we're talking about Mimo Crow or Mimo. Crow, the the actor who is is put in this fursuit. It it is an okay looking suit. I was happy we didn't just get another gorilla costume. For, Agreed. For Agreed. Great ape. It is think weird looking. It, it, it it's weird looking. I feel like and again, okay, so this is this is my thing at this point in, in the nature of kaiju history. And kaiju history will soon catch up with I, I feel like my thinking, if you are recreating a a known story and you are not adding any sort of other gigantic adversary in the mix, it doesn't matter what you're doing. <laughs> you, you'd have to do something pretty amazing. Like, but l- literally, the biggest thing this film does is give you an inexplicably, inexplicably big fish. <laughs> I mean, there are fish that big. It's it's weird that are they? He pulls. Are they? Like, I mean, out. maybe the biggest great white shark might be that big. Wow, from 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 what we see, that like this that this the, this yeti gets from this Canadian lake. Oh yeah, the, the fact that it is a lake is like he pulled like a hundred year old fish out of that. Lake. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing is that, <laughs> because. He, and he starts combing her hair with whatever. <laughs> oh, it's but, one of the first weird things in the film. Like, oh, oh, okay, that's happening. <laughs> yeah, I would say one everything of the about the 
That is not the first weird oh, thing. Oh, yeah. No, I'm the, sorry. The, the, I, I the, I'm sorry. Before. Are we talking about Nipplegate? Because <laughs> that oh. was my first red flag. <laughs> okay. They they wanted to get across, Miles, that the... That it was that, a sensual creature? It's, it's, because more, <laughs> it's more like a human than it is a monster. It, it's, a, it's a mix in between. And like all humans, Miles, if you rub upon thine nip... You you might get a little diamond the cutting slip. action. You might get a little bit of yeah, a little little erection. I don't know how it's better to say it. Um, movies, but the fact that the modelers, the people, the technical people, were given the directions to create that prompt. Uh, I mean, it just boggles my mind. Like that's the yeah. not the fact that it happened in the movie. Well, not only that, that, you have you have that scene, and then. The the cut to the the Yeti going ooh the facial reactions the, the which I know was a favorite of yours of Mimao Crow is worth the hour and a half time commitment to this movie alone. Every single time they cut to him, it's just the funniest thing you can imagine <laughs> an actor doing in that moment. The no, I mean, and that's the thing. I I I don't disagree with you. Like in terms of 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 that, I, I I do think that every time they cut to him, it, I mean you can't you can't help but laugh because it's like here here is this goomba like just reacting to whatever's happening around him, and and so I, I mean and it's a ridiculous situation even for even from the beginning when we open up to you know the Hamburglar basically like helicoptering in and being like hey henry how you doing <laughs> oh yeah that no that was the first thing that i was like he's just being carted around on that chair like what's he in the helicopter at one point and then climbed down to the bucket or is he just flying well, around i also in the love bucket? that way like when he's a helicopter down and you just hear that from like the the off camera <laughs> thing like braining him down <laughs> yeah that scene that scene is also great there's just so many Great scene. It, 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 him in general, the, that actor was wonderful in this movie. Oh, uh, but hundred Mima- percent. Like I, <laughs> my problem with this movie lies in none of the actors Mima whatsoever. Crow. Well, Mima Crow is is way over the top. But the the actor for the Yeti would the same year play an apostle. I think he plays Jude er, in a Jesus Christ television series. So he had that hair. Well, we know our sinner there and probably some of the facial hair. They added on a little bit more facial hair. A, I mean, that's not his natural hair, but they had it on a wig and a full body fursuit. And I don't know something about it does look kind of Japanese to me in, in the I mean, design. For me, I would have to see it against something else of scale. Well, like that, I, I, I don't disagree. I like. I just think that the design that, that little... look against something else. I just at this point, if I'm not seeing another monster with another yeah. creature of scale, and they're using the, I mean, they, they are they are copy and pasting the the similar ape story with yeah. any other American production, and oh. and that that in and of itself is the problem. With this movie, because I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the the concept is interesting. I think the the actual look of the Yeti is not bad. It's I it's, just it's I interesting. To, 
but, I want to see it on yeah. screen with something else. All right. Well, that's because, not the movie that we watch, but no, a hundred percent because the movie that we watch is a, 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 a fever dream. TV movie version of King Kong, but worse. It is uh, King Kong. If you took acid before you watched the movie, but it's, it's not, it's so like, weird. It's, 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 it's not even that weird. It's lazy. I, like what, what I don't we agree see is the injury. Did we see the weirdness of other studios systems at work, but the actual mm. movie is like eh. the, the, the modelers for this film did build a, a 20 foot Yeti model that, like I said, did not look like Mimau Crow, but <laughs> it was more stooped over. But, you know, we see the hands and the legs for that model so much in this. Yeah. Film. Those legs, maybe a bit too much. We we see a lot <laughs> of feet in this movie and I'm uncomfortable uh, with it. It's a lot of feet. The the big hand. We, we see someone get squished between a, a thumb toe and a, a not thumb toe. I don't know how we call it. <laughs> the like the first the other digit? toe. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I did the piggy that went to market and the piggy didn't come home. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're not as great, but they're they're used at the very least. They built them and they use them, and it it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really look like the suit that much. So it does feel like they were built kind of independently of one another. But that that is the start of I think a, a good amount of effort put in by the modelers for this film. Unfortunately, it kind of ends there because the the helicopter and the the prop that they use to carry the the AT in, in multiple instances of the film, the scale is so terrible. It looks like he's a regular sized person. You know, if you scale yeah. down that helicopter, because we, we also, we never see the helicopter. I, I don't think in, in the same frame, you know, it looks, it looks tiny. The, the yeah. giant contraption that they use to transport the, the AT that, that part, really does break a lot of that the goodwill that they they've they've created in in scaling the monster which moves from about 20 feet to at some point like almost over 100 feet when they he gets the the city climbing down the side of the building he takes up like five stories maybe yeah his, i mean his, he his shin and his foot are like one story <laughs> and that, and that's the problem and that's kind of why i give you a pass on the kaiju scale because he is a building sized at times, uh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, again, I I don't think a lot of these giant ape movies are kaiju films. I I would not even put this this Yeti movie in the kaiju scale. But I know Patrick is a bigger fan of the Kong related stuff than I am. <laughs> well, when it's this entertaining, certainly. But I mean, you, you is can't... it entertaining though? I understand you you have some problems with Kong and Kong ripoffs, but he's a kaiju and this is a kaiju film. I mean, so he's big, but he's a. Oh, we we can get into it, but like he's a he's a frozen yeti, and if we saw anything interesting about him other than the fact that he was a frozen yeti, I might, I might, I might put him into this. There's also the obnoxious returning score in this film right that we have i mean i I think that anyone who has watched any pop cultural stuff in the last 30 years has heard a version of what happens in this film yeah yeah i mean um 
I'm sorry, were, were you talking about the score? Well, I was talking about the, uh, I, I'm assuming the royalty-free score that oh. they use frequency, uh, frequently. So the, the, the composer is Santa Maria Romatelli, and the, the bit that is used over and over in this, and it does sound kind of like an Italian soap opera in parts, is really a rip or knock off of bits and pieces of O Fortuna by Carl mm-hmm. Dorf. Yeah. Uh, which bum, 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 bum. parts parts of it I recognize as being very similar to Sephiroth's theme, One Winged Angel, and they actually both use the same line in each. But it, I, I mean, a, I can I 100% see where you're coming from in terms of One Winged Angel, but like the the O Fortuna stuff like has popped up in pop culture a oh, lot. Yeah. Like it's well, it's a, I mean he he passed away, Carl Orff like maybe in the nineties, but he's still alive and composing when this movie comes out. So they're really just ripping his, but that, that happens in like everything. Yeah, it is. It is a little overused in, in this film, but I know uh, South Park has used it quite frequently. Yeah. Car- Carl Orff passed away in, in, in 82, but for the most part, at the very least, it, it's, it, I don't think it's offensive music. It is a little, repetitive i don't think it's offensive i just think it's overdone it is is overwrought for sure the director of this film is gianfranco perlini who did mostly spaghetti westerns and kind of like action movies and only has one other acting or directing credit after this miles i think in the the 80s but he did live to a ripe old age of 93 passed away 2018 oh wow yeah but yeah, I think his directing career maybe was over shortly after this movie. I, I don't mean, know why. Good. Good. <laughs> let's talk about the cast a little bit. Uh, you yeah, let's talk about that problematic cast. Um, you mentioned Antonella Interlenghi as Jane Honeycutt. She's great in this movie. She is yeah. playing a child and is pursued by the, I think, 40-year-old yeah. Tony Kendall playing and Cliff she, Chandler. And she is, at at the time of the filming, a child, despite being a divorcee child or mother of two. Well, it, it's so crazy, though, because, spoiler warning for this film, Cliff turns out to be the bad guy. So we're like, oh, maybe the director is saying that's not okay, you know? No, but- <laughs> not even um the, yeah no in real life the the fact that she was married at 15 and you know while filming this movie has has children and is is very much treated as an adult is to our modern sensibilities i mean very not okay extremely <laughs> distasteful she's fantastic in this she's movie wonderful. She's the, i mean honestly the only solid actor in this movie it just has one of those screen presences that you you're like oh well why, why didn't this person do greater and better things and they love italian genre films and still acting i think up until a decade ago at least yeah i mean she, she's a IMDb. phenomenal italian actress she i mean she like for me like i knew her from city of the living dead which is yep. a lucio fulci film That's and i mean she one. didn't do a ton of acting because i mean she was a, a mother at 16 years old. Right. But she she's a, she is a great presence. And I mean, the thing is, like, we, we talk about that. But like when I when I knew her from Sea of the Living Dead, that's 1981. That's long after she yep. had children. Yeah. And 
the the film credits she does have are after that as well. But like she's she's mostly known as I mean for for her being an Italian presence and a mother, but she's also a really strong presence on screen. Like yeah, the fact that she has these other things going on in her personal life does not affect the fact that she is a tremendous presence on screen. Yeah, um, I just despite I, so how weird and creepy it might be. In they, they 1977, do, because I mean, they, it's they not wild. only sexualize her with the Yeti and saying the Yeti thinks you're its wife and combs well, your hair with a. That's uh, the a weird fish. thing is they can't decide on whether or not to make her a a a bride or a daughter. He doesn't. He doesn't really act on any of these things. The but Yeti this, doesn't. But the film is oh, like yeah. oh, the film is, the fil- is shipping he, them hard. Yeah, and the and the film is like at first like oh no this he's treating his children this way and it's like oh well he treats her as the bride and it's like well pick one because we're getting super uncomfortable here. Uh, yeah, but li- like I said, it is interesting that they very much set up. It's completely normal and okay that Cliff is coming on to this child, this teenage child. But oh yeah, no, when no, you do Cl- find out Cl- he's Cliff the bad guy, to be cut up. Oh yeah, I, I was surprised we didn't get a, a worse death an on-screen death for for cliff he gets squashed off screen yeah and, and like he's like totally okay but like, like for me this movie would have gotten a full a, a full point lower if oh. the brutal dog death that we see oh had yeah actually been the dog oh. death this don't, movie don't get me been... wrong i i know this is an italian film but when they stabbed the dog and it laid down, and I thought it was dead. I was like, "Oh, this is getting like a one from me." Oh yeah, but no, then, no. Th- this would have been a two <laughs> if, if that dog had not been like lasting <laughs> afterwards. The dog comes back at the end and has a slow motion run to reunite with. We also have this weird like uh, foot jam kid. death for one of the guys. Which, Dude, I, on one hand, I'm like, I'm like, I'm super positive on these foot soldiers being killed, but like at the same time, we get this weird like. <laughs> Foot coming in, and it's like, okay, here, here's Toe Jim, and here's Earl, and we're cutting your neck. Miles, off. you're stealing all my favorite scenes. Stop, stop. No, this movie's me. terrible. Like, there's no, there's no stealing Dude, scene. This they, movie sucks. So, the, breaking down that, the Yeti squashes the guy and is like about to kill him by just standing on him, which is, you know, a kaiju thing to do. King Kong does it in the 76 King Kong, but then lets him up and you're like, Oh, he's going to let him go. No, the foot prop hovers and the, the big toe and the second toe chokes him out, chokes him with his toe. And I just can't imagine. And then then cracks his neck. (laughs) I almost spit out my drink, dude. I'm not, I'm not lying. That part. It's a funny funny death. I can't can't fault you for that. It's a funny death. And this is what we talk about. We talk about so bad. It's good. That is awful. That is a terrible choice, but it tickles me pink that the director was like, no, 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 this is what we do. This is what we do. (laughs) It's kind of similar. One of my other favorite scenes, and I I would like to hear yours as well, but is when the (laughs) Honeycutt, Mr. Honeycutt finds out the professor dies. Uh, We we see him murdered by someone listed as the killer in, in IMDb. But it, they telephone Mr. Honeycutt and they decide that a scene needs to happen where Mr. Honeycutt just openly starts bawling his eyes out <laughs> after <laughs> hanging up the telephone. And it's well acted. It's sweet, but it is overacted for this movie. <laughs> I yeah, burst out laughing 100%. because it was, it was so weird. 
Um, uh, my, my favorite scene is honestly the opener because like you have like Honeycutt being lowered and oh, like Honeycutt is like he's been fishing, he's been doing his own thing, and like not Honeycutt. You, you uh, don't know who any of these characters are. The the professor played by so Wasserman. Yeah, that name? Professor Wasserman. Yeah, so, so right. he's been doing all this stuff, and Honeycutt like it's like drops in hey henry i'm coming in and then like treats himself to his picnic table to his catch and is like pitching this this whole thing and like i i love this like sense of like oh here's walt disney (laughs) and here is him like being dangled down here and taking ownership of what's going to happen Unfortunately, the rest of the movie does not reward me for this scene. But I, I think that opening scene is it's, it's freaking hilarious. It's it's I mean, wonderful. Even before that, we get a ton of stock footage of, I guess, Canada and Toronto, but also the icebergs kind of melting and falling. Well, so here's the thing is like a lot of people have been like, oh, this is this is an, a 70s attempt at talking about climate change. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't think so. I think this is talking about with the. The time of year where these things actually happen. Look, I am a big believer in climate change and global warming. But Th- this movie what they're showing here is the seasonal change in that area. And that's a very different thing. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> we can't talk about this movie too much longer. I... I, I feel like you like this movie more than I did, Patrick. Well, I, I, online, it is really a mixed bag. Letterbox has this at three out of five stars, I think, like a six. IMDb, the average is oh, I feel four. Better about that. <laughs> and, and the audience score for like Rotten Tomatoes is super low. It's like 20%. So it's all over the place. Some people really can't get enough. There's not a lot of genuine hate. I feel like for this movie, there's like... A lot of confusion, which makes sense. And yeah. there's there's not really any legacy for this film. There is a so track. Give, give it. Give us your personal. Give us your personal love. Oh, I because well, <laughs> I know I know you got it. Oh, know you know I you, love. You know I love this movie. I know you uh, did. I well, know I, you did. I wanted to to talk about the 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 disco rock track for the movie first Ugh. called the Yeti by the make believe band, the Yeti ends, <laughs> which, uh, which we, which we hear in the credits maybe, but also when he's being lowered down to the tower in Toronto, miles, look at the, look at the notes at the cover of this single they released with the Yeti. I refu- I, I, no, I've seen it. I refuse. It I, says, I hate everything. It says about what's funky going on. disco sound on the cover. It literally looks like it's about to sexually assault my ears. Look, <laughs> Think of every movie that does not have a Blu-ray release and then realize that this movie does have a Blu-ray release. No, (laughs) no, I didn't. Dirt Ninjas does not have a Blu-ray release. And this is a crime. (laughs) This is a war crime against humanity. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. The the best thing about it is the cover is also selling lies because the cover has like a team, like three different huge helicopters that look like they're about to lift the Yeti out of the ice. And not the tiny helicopter that they use in the film. <laughs> yeah, my my personal enjoyment for this film, getting get to the scoring, is super high, Miles. I, I'm not getting down from, from what it was, because I actually, I don't think I will enjoy this on rewatching it as much as Mighty Peking Man, which was also weird and fun. Yeah. In, in ways, 
that being said, I am going to make multiple people in my life watch this movie, so I have someone else to commiserate with. I, I, I know for a fact am, you are, and I, I'm, I'm rating this so high. Person. I'm rating this so high because I want people to watch this. I'm giving this an eight out of ten. You're insane. I gave the Mighty Peking Man a nine out of ten, and I think this is up there with that. I haven't watched a kaiju film recently that, indeed, I wanted to. Like, I could not wait for you to watch it. Uh, I'm going to make our friend Michael watch this. I'm going to sit him down and be like, I cannot wait for Michael. So here's the thing. You have told me the chemical state that you were going to watch this movie with. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's no watching this sober. That is a very different thing. You chose incorrectly in your your life choices. But yeah, it, it's up there in terms of, you know, in, in, in the cold light of morning, sober review of this film, I'm giving it a four out of 10. I <laughs> did not like this movie at all. However, so here's the thing. It is below baseline good. I can absolutely see how the enhancement of either chemicals or commentary can I make this film fun if I, this movie had a riff tracks I or an so mst3k so i can miles. absolutely see how the experience of watching this movie would be fun but by itself i i don't think this is that much better than a lot of the king kong ripoffs other than there's a couple of good facial expressions that's funny to laugh at I mean, it, it does remind me of a, a Troll 2 or something along those lines, just because of how over it the top can. it is in, in parts. Uh, what what about your technical rating for the film, the technical aspects? So for the technical aspect, I, I actually rated this a little bit higher. So I gave my personal experience a four. For technical, I'm giving it a five because <laughs> I do think a lot of the acting from what they're called to do is pretty solid yeah. i think the script itself is not very good i think plot points are fine but the script it does nothing and here's the thing the yeti is entertaining i feel like if he would if he was asked to do something interesting if he was asked to do anything other than stand there he might be interesting Miles, he breaks about 50 windows in this movie. I don't know what film you were watching, but he does a ton um, of windows. I don't know if he breaks 50 windows, but someone certainly does. <laughs> I, but but I also at this point, if you're not if your script is not calling for your character to do anything interesting other than being a carbon copy of King Kong, I I'm not going to reward you for that. <laughs> I, I agree with you. There are a lot of technical aspects that are cheaply done and look bad, look about 20 years old. You know, some shots that were very reminiscent of the 1957 Amazing Colossal Man. So that was 1957. So I'm the, glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. You know, the, the lifeless hand in parts is like. It looks fine. It does not play fine on on the screen. Um, you know, there's a part where they bring in the giant hand to like knock over a guy, <laughs> and uh, it looks like he's like asking his hand. His palm is like up. It looks like he's asking for a high five. <laughs> but th- there is a lot of care and craft in things like the score, the acting. I- I'm giving this a six out of ten for for that reason. There's some interesting things, and I don't feel. Like the filmmakers were just in it to like 
get a quick buck. I, I mean, there it feels like they're making their own Kong, you know, a, a ripoff, but their own Kong. I, I don't know if I can say it, that. It's not I'm, like I'm glad you can, but I can't. it's not like ape at, at the very least. It's not as bad as as sure. The, but I mean, mm. I will say <laughs> though that, that 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 is not saying much. Oh, good, a splinter is not not as much as an actual split in my foot. Great. <laughs> I for its evocative nature, though, I'm dropping it down. You know where where does this stand as a piece of kaiju art? And I do think you are correct. This is a terrible kaiju film. Yeah, that you know the scales are all wonky. The story is. Demented. The story detracts from the actual movie itself in part. It's bad. And there's there's like an otherworldly spacey nature to it. Like like I said, you don't you actually don't need drugs <laughs> to enjoy the movie, but it it does seem how even more salacious than Mighty Peking Man, which is you know the the, the Hong Kong sleaze film of the the Shaw Brothers. Yeah, I'm not but, gonna lie. I had drugs and I still didn't enjoy this movie. So there you go. I. I, I do. I think my peaking man is is the one you're going to want to go with. If you're looking for 100 percent, not 100 percent. So that that's dropping my score down. I'm giving this a three out of 10 for its evocative nature. What about you, Miles? The exact same. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, one, I mean, no one talks about this movie. I mean, there there in lives the, the issue. Mm-hmm. You have an Italian American or Italian Canadian like juncture picture and no one's talking about it that's a big problem and and not only that but when i watch the movie i'm i I have the feeling that i have i have a several films like oh oh, this film can only be enjoyed if i have commentary or if i have chemicals (laughs) and that's that's not a good thing like i get that if you have an enhancement a film can be fun and that's a-okay that's not a problem but for that to be the only reason to enjoy a film is a big problem. So yeah, that 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 is a hundred percent getting a a three for me on the evocative nature. Well, I'm I'm throwing off the scale a little bit, but that does mean our podcast average between us is going to be a five out of ten, which is a mixed feelings movie. And that's yeah, a pass. Yeah, that's a passable score. Yeah, it yeah, and I I think it is one that is is worth checking out. If we, if we were to ever make a top 10 weirdest Kaiju films, this is up there. This is uh, for real, sure. Real for sure. Odd. <laughs> this is up there with Daigoro versus Goliath, where we see a Kaiju poop. Five out of so 10 man. miles. Mm. <laughs> you made it, buddy. You made oh, it boy. through. Oh all, boy. <laughs> all the King Kong <laughs> knockoffs of the 1970s. I, I, I feel like I'm not done yet. No, no. Oh, I mean, technically, you know, King Kong Lives is, is in the 80s, but this is all Wait, of our King Kong knockoffs. Am I free? I, if you can believe it or not, the last month and a half, you've watched five different King Kong knockoff films or King Kong itself. And yeah, yeah, this was the last one. This was a fun one to go out on. Don't tell my partner, but I've never been happy in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> you see the light at the end of the tunnel and coming up in our next decade we're gonna get more godzilla we're gonna be back to godzilla buddy it's gonna be okay (laughs) thank christ (laughs) well where can people find us miles if they want to so you can (laughs) if you have a problem with uh king kong ripoffs you can you can email me at kaiju versus history at gmail.com you can tweet to us at kaiju versus history and visit our website 
kaijuversushistory.com. Review and comment on our show. Share with friends and let us know what you think. Yeah. Check out our letterbox account and see all our reviews and watch all of our films on our watch list. Patrick, tell us what we're doing next week now that we are free from King Kong films. Well, I also just wanted to give a quick shout out to Ray, one of our listeners who commented on our website, which I'm glad I checked. <laughs> and uh, he said, love the show, though I may disagree now and again with the ratings. That is the point. Yep. He's a kaiju fan since the 1960s in Detroit, so wow. he he probably saw this movie, uh, you know, as a as a teen. And, and I would I would love to monster. I would love to know their feelings on a lot of the films that we've watched, especially as yeah. someone who's watched them like when they came out. That is the point of this podcast is to try, really get them in their their time period setting. He just wanted to point out that though we're past the. The, the great Showa era Godzilla films that they almost all of them are streaming on the Criterion service mm-hmm. 100%. on those kaiju films, but also Atragon, Dagora, Varen, Mysterians, and Spesa Amoeba in the original Japanese. Thank you very much, Ray, for, for listening, for commenting. Yeah, we're going to be back. We're going to be back next week. There's still... A little bit more of the 1970s, Miles. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but... Well, what are we doing next week, buddy? Uh, we're going to catch you next time when we take a look at a television film, a co-production between Rankin Bass and Subaraya Studios. Mm-hmm. That is right. Tune in next time for History versus the Bermuda Depths. I, I, I have very little to say about the Bermuda Depths. Comparatively. Awesome. Comparatively. I have very little to say about this garbage movie. I'm trying to start. Yeah. All right. Clap. All right. This week, we look at a film that, while it predates The Blue Lagoon, uh, takes some story elements and takes the rest of its cues from films like Jaws and Gamera to create one of the oddest of kaiju combinations. This is Kaiju versus History, The Bermuda Depths. <laughs> <laughs>